I made such the right decision, like such the right decision to leave. And I don't always recommend like seeing the person again. And honestly, I probably should not have, but I was so glad that it went the way that it did. Cause it just really showed me I don't deserve that. Like no one does. No one deserves to be treated like an actual piece of garbage by someone who claims to love them. Like it's absolutely crazy. Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Self-Love Breakfast Club. My name is Crystal Rose and I'm your host. Thank you for being here with me today. So today I want to talk about, I actually made a social media post about this and I got a lot of comments and a lot of people who have been following me for a long time said that they never knew this about me. And so I thought I would share it with you guys here and kind of go into depth a little bit more of the story. So recently I did an episode on basically like finding the gift, right? So something terrible happens, like that horrible tooth pain I had and finding the gift in that. And I found a few gifts in that particular situation. And so this is sort of similar to that. However, at the time (laughs) I was definitely not able to see the gift. So (laughs) some of you may know that I was in a horribly controlling relationship. It was bordering on abusive. It had gotten there a little bit It wasn't too, too bad by the time it was over, but it was a really, really painful, horrible, horrible time in my life. It was honestly only a year and a half and it felt like an eight year prison sentence. Like it just was like the longest, saddest time of my life. And when we finally broke up, I had become so dependent and just so, I was just so devastated because I had become completely dependent on how this person viewed me. I needed their love and their affection and to like, you know, for the sun to shine on me. And it was less and less and less over time. And so finally, when it just ended, I absolutely crumbled. And before meeting this person, I had been, I mean, similar to I am today, I definitely had a lot of a lot that I needed to work through and I was not the best person, (laughs) Um, but I was more confident. I definitely was really ambitious. I was a go-getter and this relationship took me down. You know, my self-esteem went through the floor. I barely had a shred. I barely had a shred of self-esteem and there's absolutely no self-love there. I felt completely worthless. I was told I was completely worthless all the time and I believed it and I really, really, truly believed it. And and we can get into this in, an, in another episode. You know, there are a lot of people that judge women who are in relationships like this or abusive relationships and say like, well, why don't you just leave? And you guys don't understand the psychological breakdown that happens <laughs> in a situation like this. It doesn't just start out that way. They reel you in, they make you fall head over heels, and then they systematically dismantle your support system, your self-esteem, like everything, everything that makes you you uh, becomes, you know, annoying to them or becomes something unpleasant that they want you to change. And because you so badly want to feel the way that you felt in the beginning, you like, you do it, right? And then over time, these little asks, these little requests that are nice and sweet, and you don't see why you wouldn't do them become demands. And that happens. And and so I have a lot of compassion for women who 
get stuck in these cycles because they're just, they don't know how to get out. So this breakup now, looking back, obviously was a gift. At the time, there was a real conflict of emotion in my body. I felt relieved in a way that I wouldn't have to continue to do this, but I also felt absolutely devastated. Like I could feel the fibers in my heart tearing. It was just so unbelievably painful. I didn't know what to do. I had been alienated from a lot of my friends. I didn't really have anywhere to go. You know, the couple people that I had talked to didn't really get it. One was like, yeah, let's go to a movie. And I was like, you don't understand where I'm at right now. Like, that's not going to happen. I can't leave this house and be seen in public. And another friend, she was she was kind enough to come over and help me pack when I was ready. But before that, I I just lost everything. I, I lost it. I lay on the couch for at least a week, I believe it was. And this is like, there's a trigger warning here, you guys. I'm going to put that in the notes, but for self-harm. So I was on the couch, just not (laughs) really able to get off the couch. You know, I got up to go to the bathroom, but I didn't shower. I didn't change my clothes. I didn't eat. I don't remember having like a full meal. I might've snacked on like a cracker or something at one point, but I had a giant handle of Jack Daniels on the ground next to the couch. I was binging on Desperate Housewives. I actually made the trip to Blockbuster. Yes, this was back when Blockbuster existed. I made the trip there to just pick up this series because I knew I knew I was like didn't have it in me to do anything. And so I would just, you know, lay there on the couch and zoning out watching this show and drinking Jack. And at times I would cut myself because the pain just felt so unbelievably great. It just felt so overwhelming. And for anyone who's engaged in self-harm, I think you understand that there's a release there. And it doesn't make any sense, I think, to, you know, people who don't do that, but there's almost like this calm that comes over you. And it's sometimes it's just like a reminder that you can, you can still kind of feel when everything is just like really overwhelming. And so that was kind of like my safety net during that time. And I had spoken to my mother a couple, like maybe like five-ish, five or six days into this, you know, time where I was not moving off this couch. And also like he was sleeping in the bedroom and I was sleeping on the couch because I was not trying to be near him, but I had nowhere to go. And he'd be like, why are you crying? (laughs) Like I just, you know, have these bouts of like tears and just like pain. And he'd be like, why are you crying? I was just so like, how can you just be so chill and so calm? And so fine. And I created a mantra at one point that was like, if he's not crying, I'm not crying. If he's not crying, I'm not crying. And I would just like play that over and over and over my head. So I spoke to my mother. It was several days into this. And I just told her everything that was going on. And she was like, Crystal, this is not okay. You know, like you can't, you can't keep doing this. And I need you to make me a promise. You know, I need you if you're not, if you're not off the couch in a couple of days, if you haven't stopped doing this, I need you to check yourself into the hospital. I need you to check yourself into the psych ward. I need you to get taken care of. And I'm actually getting a little bit emotional when I talk about this because it's like, it was such a pivotal conversation and, and to actually be honest with someone about what had been going on, because for about a year and a half, it was like, I couldn't tell anyone. 
I couldn't talk about how horrible, you know, my life had become because I knew I wasn't strong enough to get away. I knew I couldn't break free. And so anytime I would tell anyone just like how bad he was, they'd be like, oh my God, leave him. What are you doing? And it was like, I didn't need that judgment. And it was shameful. There was so much shame built in because I knew I couldn't leave. And so here I was, the girl complaining about her situation and not doing anything about it. Like, if you guys know me, you know that is not who I am (laughs) at all now, but that was very much who I was at that time while I was with him. It just, it was like I was so weak. I had been weakened. So I had this conversation with my mother and she, it was very loving. And it's, you know, one of the few times in my relationship with my mother that she just was so, so there for me. And I'm very grateful for that. So I really took that conversation to heart. I thought about it a lot and I was there still on the couch doing the same stuff. And, and then I start, you know, I start to get angry a little bit more and more just like for being in this position and for allowing this to happen to myself and for allowing myself to be treated so badly and for being so like desperate to keep someone who was so bad to me. And it was interesting because like through this time period, it was like, I didn't ask. I did not want to be back with him. I did not ask to be back with him. I didn't. And there was a large part of me that just wanted everything to be fixed and okay and us to be happy. But there was a pretty big part of me that was like, okay, I can let like loosen up a little bit. I can relax a little bit. Like there's more space here. I really got to take this like deep breath and have this relief that you don't have to keep doing this anymore. And so after this conversation with my mother, you know, I I really kind of thought about what I was doing and I realized that I couldn't keep going this way. Like there was not, you know, there was nothing good that was going to come from really wallowing in the bottle of a Jack Daniels bottle and hurting myself. Like this is not the person I wanted to be. This is not the person that I was at my core. And I, and I knew that I just needed a break. I just needed the time to just absolutely collapse. And that's what I did. And so I woke up one morning, a couple days after that conversation with my mom, the day that she basically told me I needed to have it together or check myself into the hospital. And I showered, I put on fresh clothes. I dumped the Jack. I, I, put a bandage on my, on my leg and on my arm. And, and I threw away my stuff and I got my desperate housewives DVDs back to return. And I decided that day that I was done. I was done feeling the way that I had felt. I was still sad, but it was okay that I was sad, but I didn't need to scrape the bottom any longer. And that there was like a tiny little bit of hope there. So I called my mother back and I just told her, I said, listen, thank you so much. I'm off the couch and this is where I'm at. I need your help. Will you help me? I knew I needed her help because here's the thing, right? And if you've been in a relationship like this, you know that a breakup doesn't mean it's over because once a person who a narcissist or someone who's very controlling feels like they're losing their control over you that to them is like the worst thing ever. And so feeling like 
he had won and I was like this miserable mess because of him, it felt good to him. But I knew that when I was able to scrape myself up and muster up some sort of independence and get away, that he would come knocking on my door. And that was the absolute last thing that I wanted because I knew I wasn't strong enough to say no. I knew I'd go crawling on back, looking stupid, doing all the same stupid things I had done before, and it would be worse next time. So when I called my mother, my mother was 3,000 miles away. This is when I lived in San Diego. And my parents were in North Carolina, right outside of Charlotte, where I am right now. And I just said, I need help. I didn't have a job. This was like right after the crash of 2007. This was in 2008. I hadn't been able to get a job in an office or anything. And I wasn't allowed because of this relationship. I was not allowed to wait tables or bartend or anything, kind of like my old faithfuls because he considered it dating. He said that I was dating other people if I was waiting on people. (laughs) Like actual crazy talk. So I had no money. I had a car and had a bunch of stuff, you know, furniture and stuff. And so I just asked my mother, like, I need help. And she's like, what do you need? And I said, I need to get out of here. And she's like, okay, what do you need? And I said, I need a U-Haul a trailer to put my car on the back so I can bring that with me with all of my furniture and stuff. I need money for hotel rooms on the way because it's a long drive. And I need a plane ticket for a friend. If I can have a friend drive with me so I'm safe, if you could fly her back home, then that's what I need. And she said, okay. And that was it. She was like, find the truck, find what you need. Let me know. I'll take care of it. I've got you. And it was like this wave of relief, like washed over me, like, oh my God, I'm finally going to be out of this situation. And at the same time, I was really, really, really sad. Like, this is it. Like there, we're putting the nail in the coffin here. Like there is no turning back once you head all the way across the country because you're not coming back. You are not the girl who's going to come back with her tail between her legs. Absolutely not. And so that's what I did. I started packing my stuff and I had a friend come over and she kept my spirits higher and she had never liked him anyway. So that, you know, was helpful and helped me pack all my stuff. And the day I went to put it in the truck, you know, he came back to make sure I didn't take anything of his, which was ridiculous, but you know, and I was just like, okay, well, I hired a couple of guys to help me load everything in the truck. So I did not need him at all. And I was out. And that drive was horrible and it was sad. And I was, I just wanted to get home. I just wanted to be with my family. And like I said, at the time, I could not have told you where the gift was. I knew that there was a little bit of a gift in it because I felt such relief. And there's no way that I would have felt such relief had it been like the wrong thing. Like I knew I was doing the right thing. And I knew I had to get as far as humanly possible away so that I wouldn't just go right back. And that worked. (laughs) That worked. And even just a couple months later, I had to go back to San Diego for a conference and, and I decided to see him. And it was amazing how much progress I made in just a couple months, like how much strength I had gained in just a couple of months. Because when I saw him and he was pulling his old stuff, and again, if you've been in this kind of relationship, there's a push and pull There is a push, 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 push. Like they're mean to you. They're awful to you. They call you names. They treat you like garbage. And then just when you were like, I am done, 
they turn around and they're sweet and they're loving and they apologize and they give you flowers and like, oh, you're everything to me. And it's like sucks you right back in. And so I didn't know who I was going to get. You know, it was very Jekyll and Hyde. I wasn't sure who I was going to get, but it was like, it was almost like I needed it. Like I needed this kind of like closure. And so we were supposed to like grab dinner and it was like all fine and friendly. And then until the day that I was supposed to meet him and he was just like being a dick, (laughs) you know, like not replying to my text. And he finally did later. And he's like, I guess we can still get dinner and stuff. And I was like, okay, this is how it's going to be. And so the whole time, you know, he played his music super loud and I, we couldn't have a conversation and he was just very like cold, cold, cold to me. And I started laughing. I was in the car, like as he's blasting music and I was like on the border of hysterical laughter because it was so ridiculous to me that this is something I would have like put up with before and that I would have felt like this was my fault or I had done something wrong and I had had so much space, you know, even just in a couple months where I was able to look back and be like, this is ridiculous. Like, what are you even doing? And so it was such a quick little like excursion. We didn't even go anywhere good. It was like fast, whatever. And we get back to our old apartment and I think, I don't know, he expected me to like hang out longer because he like started trying to talk to me on the way back, like finally, like a normal person. And we got there and I was just like, I gave him this like awkward side hug and I was like, good to see you. Gotta go. Bye. And he looked so surprised and it was like, that shit doesn't work anymore. I'm not under your spell. It probably would have served you to have been nice to me, but you weren't, you know, he was a jerk. So it gave me like this added boost of self-esteem and just like being like, I made such the right decision, like such the right decision to leave. And I don't always recommend like seeing the person again. And honestly, I probably should not have. But I was so glad that it went the way that it did because it just really showed me I don't deserve that. Like no one does. No one deserves to be treated like an actual piece of garbage by someone who claims to love them. Like it's absolutely crazy. And so, yeah, that really just kind of solidified me being able to just close that door completely. And I got to heal. I got to move on from that. And instead of feeling like men are horrible and I'll never love again. And this is what happens when I actually fully give my heart to someone. Cause for real, like I had been kind of a jerk when it came to dating and relationship. I, I was not super nice at all. I, I was selfish. And, you know, I think this was like kind of like my cosmic slap in the face to get it together and, and to stop being that way. And I knew also that if I allowed him to put a bad taste in my mouth for other men and and for love in general, then he would win. He would absolutely win if I let what happened to me, like give me trust issues and dictate my future. And so I let it go. I was able to really let it go in a decent amount of time. And while I still was, you know, licking my wounds from the breakup, I was able to keep an open heart. And I think that that was what really helped me be able to move on because I believed that there would be someone out there who would love me for me and not treat me like garbage, but also not be a pushover. Like I had been with in the past, I'd always dated these men who were very passive aggressive and like, let me walk all over them. Granted, I should not have walked all over them, but I did. (laughs) 
like I said, I was not the nicest, but I was like, you know, there's got to be someone out there who respects himself, but will still be so kind and loving. And I knew that it existed. I just believed so deeply in my heart that it existed and the universe or God, whatever, gave me multiple examples of that. Humans who are really decent, good people who could love me and be kind, but also not let me walk all over them. And obviously I married one of those guys. So (laughs) it all turned out, but yeah, so I'm telling you guys this because this was like such a like Phoenix rising from the ashes, like time for me. This was pivotal in my life because I realized that I had allowed someone else to really drag me down and to dictate who I was as a person. And so the rebuild was amazing for me. I got to decide exactly the kind of person that I wanted to be. And if at any point over time, I stopped liking that person or I felt like, you know, like this isn't good for me, this isn't healthy, or I shouldn't act this way or I shouldn't treat people this way, I adjusted. I knew that I could be better. And so my goal was to be better every day, just be a better person, be a better human, be kind, be loving, even when other people were not that way to me. And I made a million more mistakes, of course, but it really was kind of like this compass leading me to where I am today. And it was interesting, like this kind of hit me because I was thinking about my husband and when we met and it was mm, probably, it was a couple years after I moved here, after all of that. And originally I had decided I didn't want to move back to where my family was, but I figured it would be in like four or five years. I was like, I'm not done with San Diego. I want to be here for a longer amount of time, but I did have that little itch to come home. But I was like, you know, probably in like four or five years or when I'm ready to like settle down, have kids, all of that, like we'll move there, be near my family. And (laughs) had I had that happened, like my parents ended up moving back to New England where we're from, I think like maybe eight months or so after I met my husband. So what if, you know, like what if I had waited four or five years or I decided to, you know, move in with a friend and figure out my life out there and been a little stubborn and not ask my mom for help, then I sort of would have been out there until I was ready to come back. And who knows when that would have been. And I could have absolutely missed the most amazing person in my life to this day. So I think that things happen with such divine timing. And even when we feel like it is the worst thing or, you know, something tragic happens, we don't know at the time why this is happening to us. We feel like it's happening to us, but sometimes we get off path. We get pushed, stumbled. We end up not where we belong And I truly believe that it's the universe's way of kind of nudging us back to where we belong, back on the path that's meant for us. And I really feel that, you know, with the situation, it was like I got off path and it was the path I was supposed to take, obviously, but I got nudged back along. This breakup that was so devastating to me had to happen, had to happen in order for me to come back at the exact perfect time to start rebuilding my life, to start becoming the person that I wanted to be, to really give me a sense of purpose. And that's when I started blogging. I started blogging about dating and relationships and trying to help other people through their struggles with stuff that I had gone through. And that's where I really started caring about helping other people. I may not have done that, right? Like I may not have done that had I not had that 
situation happened to me, I may not have cared about helping other people. I may have still stayed really selfish. So I feel like it's so divine and it was so timely and exactly what needed to happen. And so here I am now, like actually living my best life. I designed my life. My life is not by default. I don't do anything that I don't want to do. And yes, I get overwhelmed at times because I get so excited and I like doing so much stuff that I definitely overpack my schedule a little bit, but I'm learning to do better. (laughs) I'm learning to be better about that, but it's my life and I designed it. It's exactly the life I want and everything is, is because of me. It's because I created this life. I manifested all of this because I knew it was possible and I believed that I could have it. So if you take anything away from this, if you're going through a hard time or you've been through something really rough, just know like, and I don't want to say like everything happens for a reason, right? Because like no one wants to hear that when they're going through some shit, (laughs) but truly, truly there is a gift in it. There is a, a message in the mess. There is something that can be taken away and as painful as what you've been going through or what you have gone through was there is contrast, there is joy on the other side of it. And you just have to find out what that is. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode, you guys. I feel like I literally just put my heart on a plate and told you guys to stab it if you don't like it. Um, Seriously, super, super deep. But I think it's important to share, you know, I didn't come from this, everything has been charmed. And all I did was just keep building following or businesses and everything is great. Like there has been a lot of really tough things that I've had to go through to get to where I am today. And that's why I think that it's so important for me to turn around, reach back and help those of you who are struggling because I know what it feels like. So thank you guys for listening. If this episode made you feel some kind of way, please share it, share it with your friends or anyone that you think might need to hear this message today. And you can always reach out to me on my DMs on Instagram. It's at Extel Rose. I love, love, love talking to you guys. Some of you guys know I, I talk to you guys all day. You guys are my best friends. I love you so much. So have a beautiful rest of your day and I'll see you guys soon. If this episode hit with you, please go out there and share it. Share it in your Instagram stories. Send it to a friend who might need it or even just drop in my DMs on Instagram at Extel Rose and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.